person-centered care is just a huge ground-shaking movement away from that old model of we're the professionals, we tell you what to do with your life to just such a better way of handling things that you are an individual, you're seen, you're known here, and we want to help you. So you're at the center of a team. And we're coming alongside to maybe tell you all the options, give you all the information. But then at the end of that conversation, you're choosing, hey, this is how I want to move forward. This is a show where we'll explore what it means to retire with purpose. To make a difference, to invest in your family, your community, to live to your full potential and explore abundant opportunities to live with purpose and community. From Garden Spot Communities in New Holland, Pennsylvania, welcome to Purpose in Retirement. Hello, I'm Juanita Fox, the storyteller at Garden Spot Communities. And I'm Scott Minora, the Chief Marketing Officer. About 15 years ago, Garden Spot Village introduced person-centered care in our healthcare areas. This shift required a culture transformation. You know, we try not to talk too much about Garden Spot Village because all of these things apply to retirement communities in general. Um, But this particular transformation has actually permeated the entire community. So it no longer just applies to healthcare. It applies to residents and residential living as well. And so we thought it was worthwhile to dive into. And it also applies to team members. It does. This idea of being other-centered creates a community where everyone can thrive. In this season of Purpose in Retirement, we're going to be talking to experts who can answer some of the tough questions about the process of moving to a retirement community. After the break, we're going to talk with Sherilyn Lapp, the Director of Social Services at Garden Spot Village. Garden Spot Communities has been a longtime partner of CrossNet Ministries. In New Holland, they are a nonprofit social service organization. And they recently established uh, a partnership and connection with an organization called Servants, Inc. So this partnership between CrossNet and Servants, it connects homeowners that live in the Lanco School District with volunteers who are willing to provide, you know, home repairs um, that make people's homes safer, warmer, and in some cases, drier. You know, people may have leaks in their roofs and things like that that need to be taken care of, and they just they simply can't do it. In addition, this new ministry, it, it also provides, you know, related social services, such as financial coaching, um, it provides job skill training, um, job application training, and, uh, you know, assistant temporary housing, just a whole variety of things. So the Garden Spot Village team members um, and residents here have been involved with CrossNet for, you know, many, many years and look forward to being involved with this new partnership with Servants. So we invite you to also get involved. If you'd like to get in and help people and serve in the local community, um, check out the link in the podcast description, or you can visit www.elancocross.org or www.servants.org or you can call 717-355-2454. Well, Sherilyn, thank you for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. Glad to be here. Sherilyn, in this season of Purpose in Retirement, Scott and I will be talking to a variety of people, and we will be having conversations about the ins and outs of moving to a retirement community. Our goal is to answer all of the questions people may not know to ask, or maybe too afraid to ask, about moving to a retirement community. 
So our conversation with you will be talking about the role of social workers in a retirement community. So, well, before we really get started um, on the role of social workers in a retirement community, can you just tell us generally, what is your personal philosophy about social work? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. At the heart of it is relationships, building relationships so that you can help others. You know, that's really the goal to come alongside people to help them with anything going on in their lives. And that can be through many different stages, an initial adjustment to a community, just moving in, um, anything that comes up in the whole process of moving to um, continuing care retirement community. Person-centered care refers to a focus on individual relationships and care based on the individual. The person-centered care is really the heart of who Garden Spot Village is. Can you talk a little bit about person-centered care and how it applies to the philosophy of social work here in our community? Yeah, person-centered care is just a huge ground-shaking movement away from that old model of we're the professionals, we tell you what to do with your life to just such a better way of handling things that you are an individual, you're seen, you're known here, and we want to help you. So you're at the center of a team. And we're coming alongside to maybe tell you all the options, give you all the information. But then at the end of that conversation, you're choosing, hey, this is how I want to move forward. Um, So, you know, one of the things in a lot of cases, um, people may not be familiar with social workers when they're moving to a retirement community, um, but like you and your team are advocates. So what kind of things should people expect as as an advocate from their social worker from, um, you know, residents and for family members? Yeah, that's a great question because when I go out to make new visits with people who have just moved in, one question I often get is, what in the world do you social workers do here? Like, when should I call you? How can you help me? So um, moving in and everything's new and there's always unspoken things in a, in a community. So to have somebody who's going to be um, a trusted guide in that process, helping you make connections, friendships, getting you plugged in with clubs that you're interested in, volunteering things that you want to to participate in, all of those kinds of things. Um, That's kind of what happens initially. And then as you move through the years here in in a retirement community, sometimes other things come up, family situations. Um, or maybe there's some issues with depression or anxieties, anything like that. Talking to your social worker, she will know who the local providers are and what they're like and who would be a best fit for you, can just give you a lot of great information. And again, if it's a person-centered facility, it should be the question of here's all the options, what you could do, what would you like to do, what would work for you. And it really always needs to come back to that. And then there's always those real high need situations. And this is really the crux of where all the chickens come home to roost, so to speak, of the time invested in relationships between the individual and the social worker. And that's what I would call more crisis type situations, hospitalizations, um, surgeries that are planned or unplanned. Maybe you're a caregiver for a spouse and suddenly you're just, wow, you've had it you're burnout and you really need help. So turning to your social worker in those situations, she will advocate for you with 
the case management team in the hospital so that you have a safe discharge plan coming back, you have all the medical equipment you need. So many different issues come into play. And you know, at the the best of it is if you have a really good social worker, you won't even need to know all the details yourself because she knows them the ins and outs, or he knows them, the ins and outs of Medicare, all those different things, how to negotiate with home health agencies and set up the referrals. You're just making the decision what sounds best to me, and your social worker is helping you set that up to move forward. So what happens when a social worker doesn't do that, when they're not the active advocate? What what kind of experience is that like? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Early on in my career, I was at a sporting event for one of my kids and waiting in a concession line with another mom. We were having this great conversation until she said, what do you do for a job? And I was working as a skilled nursing social worker somewhere else at the time. And oh my word, 15 minutes later, I was still trying to figure out how to escape because her story was she was power of attorney for an aunt and the social worker was cold, distant, had not given her the time of day, had never invited her to a care conference, had never informed her of major medication changes. And most importantly, she felt like the social worker didn't care about her aunt, who she was, her past, her social background. It isn't always a good experience. Um, there's a huge difference between am I just doing what the state requires or am I building relationships and really caring about people? So that's a really good lead-in then for, you know, what type of questions would you suggest that people who are touring a retirement community ask about the social workers and the social work team? I think the best question to ask to start with is, what's the philosophy of the social service team here? And if you get a blank stare, um, you know, Give them a second chance, (laughs) Um, you know, maybe rephrase it a little bit. But to me, this is so foundational, just so incredible. You can have beautiful buildings, beautiful grounds, but what's the philosophy? How will I be helped at this retirement community is just essential to understand. So ask that question and dig a little deeper with the marketing team. Do they know the social workers? Can they tell you by name um, who those people are? Can they tell you who will be assigned to you, so to speak, as your guide in this journey? And then I like to ask this question, tell me about that person. What do you know about that person? When I was choosing a college, I actually did the same thing to every campus I went to. I asked the question, tell me who the social work profs are in the department. Do you know their names? What do they do? And are they advocating in any special way in the community? And the winner of the college that I went to was the person who leaned forward. He knew everybody. He knew what they were doing. And he was very passionate about telling me who they were and their philosophy and that one of them was doing great work in prison reform. That's what you want to hear. You want to hear passion. If those admission team person you're talking to or resident who's giving you the tour has no clue how many social workers there are or who they are, that's kind of a red flag because um, a retirement community that's going to put you at the core of the journey is going to invest in having really good team who's going to guide you through the process, whatever happens in your life once you're through the doors. 
because the baton kind of gets passed um, from the marketing team to the social service team in serving as your guide. That's really powerful mm-hmm. to think about it in that perspective. Are there other questions you would encourage people to ask about the social workers? I think it's really important to ask about the healthcare areas on the campus. Um, skilled nursing has just evolved in a beautiful way, much better way at retirement communities who have adopted a person-centered approach. So it used to be when I was a CNA in high school, you got everybody up at 7 a.m. and they ate breakfast, whatever was on the one menu, whether they wanted to get up and eat or not. So social workers have advocated very strongly in healthcare areas for the person to be at the center of what's happening in their experience in skilled nursing or in personal care. So that now we have this great opportunity for people to sleep in till 10, if you've always slept in till 10, and to have choices when you get up. So having a social worker who has that philosophy and is going to advocate for that for you with the team that's there is really, really important. And I think a really good question to ask is, how are moves handled in this community? Um, And that's going to give you a lot of great information. So every community is going to make sure that people are safe and the level of care that they're living. But within that, there can be such a wide range of how that takes place. And if there's setting concrete policies that, okay, after two falls, you have to move to personal care, or after this, you need to do that. And it's applied across the board to everybody. I'd run if I were you, really honestly. (laughs) Um, See that as a red flag because person-centered means that the person, the individual is looked at. And even though, of course, you need to have policies and communities, there should always be compassion. There should always be exceptions. There should always be conversation. So to ask that question, is it a conversation with me, with my family, if there's a thought that maybe I need to move to a different level of care? or Does a team of staff get together and tell me that I need to move to a different level of care? Totally different experience, completely. And you know, it's not the kind of thing you normally think about when you're just touring different communities and you're focused on moving and, you know, what the grounds look like and what your apartment size might be and all that. But down the road, that could just be life-changing in your experience there. So ask that question. How do you handle moves? Is it a conversation or am I told what to do without conversation? And I think that's really important because as we see people moving into retirement communities in their late 50s, their early 60s, they may not need to have those conversations for 20, 30 years. Right, exactly. But the way it happens today is going to sort of set the bar for what happens in the future. Yeah, exactly. It was well said. You really have to think down the road a little bit um, and ask those questions in moving in because it's the crisis situations that are going to be so defining. And, you know, I really see that the social worker is going to come alongside you almost like a tugboat captain um, and direct you safely to the harbor. But you know what? You don't want that tugboat captain taking the boat to a different place than you want it to go. (laughs) Right. And, um, you know, so it really is a big deal. Does it matter how many um, people that a a social worker might work with? Like, is the caseload important? 
very important. Yeah, there's a wide range um, in what the state requires in the healthcare areas. And the minimum is one thing. You're going to find a very burnout social worker in an environment like that. In contrast to a community that has said, hey, we see that this is a really valuable service that's going to help people throughout their whole time here, whatever they need. And so, yeah, that's a a huge difference. How many social workers are here? Do they serve in every level of care? And what is the normal caseload? Let's say I'm moving into a cottage. So how many people would my social worker have on his or her caseload? That's a great question to ask. And, and what is an appropriate number? Like for me, I, I wouldn't know what the right answer would be. Yeah. Well, in an area that is maybe just opening up where there's younger people moving in, you know, anywhere from three to 400, 450 is an acceptable caseload. And then let's say in an area that people have moved in 15, 20 years ago and are now needing more help, more care coming into their home, more assistance, you're looking at more like maybe 250 to 400 or 300 ideally. So what is the minimum requirement from the state? Is it only to have social workers in skilled nursing or is it a requirement from the state to have social workers in independent living as well? No, you don't have to have social workers in independent living. Okay. Yeah. So if you see a really strong team of social workers and you see that they're doing lots of support groups, maybe they're reaching out to the broader community, you know that at that community there's been a a real investment in, hey, we want to provide this kind of help to you when you move here. So are there other tips, like maybe things that are kind of – on the periphery that people might be able to pick up on as they're touring communities as to whether or not that's a community that values social workers? Well, I don't think that that the department will stand alone. And so my suggestion is if you're touring a retirement community, observe. Just have your eyes wide open. Watch the staff. How are they, how are all the staff relating? Are they engaged? Are they happy? Are they addressing people by name? So that philosophy is probably going to permeate the whole community and then will also be found in that department as well. You know, I think a community that sees a good social service team as a a prime investment, they're going to be pushing that across the whole continuum with every department. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Are you looking for a place where you belong, where you can be known and accepted for who you are? At Garden Spot Village, many people experience community in a very powerful way. Although the people who live at Garden Spot Village bring a variety of life experiences, career experiences, and faith traditions, they have built a community where everyone finds abundant opportunities to live with purpose. They also find fast friendships. It is not uncommon to hear, I've made more friends in the last six months than I did in the last 10 years. Learn more at gardenswatvillage.org. You know, Cheryl Lynn really provided some good insight around the idea of person-centered care and the role of social workers in a retirement community. She really did. Um, We summarized the five main ideas from our conversation with Cheryl Lynn in a PDF And the PDF is entitled, Five Questions to Ask Social Workers at the Retirement Community. The link is in the podcast description. 
the PDF lists um, questions, five of them. Uh, number one, what is person-centered care? Number two, what is the role of a social worker? Number three, what is the philosophy of the social workers? Number four, how will you help me? And number five, how do you handle moves? Before we go, let's not forget our giveaway. If you contact us through our website, gardenspotcommunities.org, in the next two weeks, we will enter you into a drawing for an autographed copy of Margaret Novak's recently released book, Squint, Revisioning the Second Half of Life. Again, if you're interested in a free copy of Margaret's book, please contact us through gardenspotcommunities.org and we'll enter you into a drawing. In our next podcast, we'll hear from Kelly Swigert, who leads the sales department. Kelly will talk about the process to move to a retirement community and answer some of her frequently asked questions. Thank you for listening to Purpose in Retirement. I'm Scott Miller. And I'm Juanita Fox. A special thanks to Cheryl Lynn for joining us for this podcast. Our senior producer and host is Scott Miller. Our co-host is Juanita Fox. Our producer is Gavin Souter. And our audio engineer is Jen Miller. Jen Miller.